I'd like to warn you that in this episode of Primordial, we will be discussing some content that may be a bit violent and or disturbing in nature, including the mutilation of livestock animals. For some time now, there's been an eerie phenomenon revolving around the mutilation, lacerations, and deaths of mostly livestock animals, including cattle, bison, sheep, goats, pigs, rabbits, deer, and elk throughout the U.S. and various other countries. Cattle mutilation, also referred to as bovine excision, is amongst the most common of these attacks. But these don't appear to be normal slaughterings, with some having the blood completely drained from their bodies others with no sign of blood near the animal or around any bodily laceration, with strange textures to their internal organs and somehow with inner parts removed very precisely, almost in a surgical-like manner. In many instances, scavengers such as flies and vultures avoid the dead carcass altogether. There are no tracks in any of the surrounding areas from animals, humans, or vehicles and there is no sign that the animal struggled before death. With no sign of a predator or use of a weapon in such a high number of cases, it created a public concern in which the FBI was forced to launch an investigation. But there have also been recent cases, meaning this has been documented for an ongoing 400 years. The first known account took place in London in the early 1600s. Herds of sheep, in some areas up to 100, were killed with only their inward bodily parts and tallow removed. The tallow is a fatty animal substance often used in the making of candles and soap. Whatever killed these sheep left the carcass and fleece of each behind at the scene of the crime. The following is an account from April 27, 1897 about a man named Alexander Hamilton, a prominent farmer from Leroy, Kansas, who'd spoke of an attack on his cattle at about 10.30 p.m. the previous Monday. Quote, He, his son, and his tenant grabbed axes and ran some 700 feet from the house to the cowlow, where a great cigar-shaped ship, about 300 feet long, floated some 30 feet above his cattle. It had a carriage underneath which was brightly lit, and which had numerous windows. Inside were six strange-looking beings, jabbering in a foreign language. These beings suddenly became aware of Hamilton and the others. They immediately turned a searchlight on the farmer and also turned on some power, which sped up a turbine wheel about 30 feet in diameter located under the craft. The ship rose, taking with it a two-year-old heifer, which was roped about the neck by a cable of one half inch thick and was made up of a red material. The next day, a neighbor, Link Thomas, found the animal's hide, legs, and head in his field. He was mystified at how the remains got to where they were because of the lack of tracks in the soft soil. Quote, Alexander Hamilton's sworn statement was accompanied by an affidavit as to his veracity. The affidavit was signed by ten of the local leading citizens. 
American writer and researcher Charles Fort, who specialized in anomalous activity, reported a large number of these cases in Wales, England, with many stories of strange lights in the air and mysterious air vessels, followed by reports of widespread attacks on sheep. Journalist and UFO researcher John Keel and biologist Ivan T. Sanderson investigated a large number of animal mutilation cases in 1966, reported in the upper Ohio River Valley. This sort of activity remained largely unheard of outside of the livestock community until 1967, when an American daily newspaper called the Pueblo Chieftain made the news public after a three-year-old horse named Lady near Alamosa, Colorado was mutilated in a very peculiar manner. Lady was somberly discovered having been skinned and defleshed with very precise bodily cuts and without any blood revealing itself. She also carried a strong medicinal, pharmaceutical-like odor. There was a complete absence of tracks, even though Lady's tracks disappeared within 100 feet of where her body was found. Within this radius, there were two strange small holes almost punched into the ground, and two bushes completely flattened. Investigators of the Alamosa County Sheriff Department chose not to visit the site, and presumed it was due to lightning strike. Weeks after this case was publicized by Pueblo Chieftain, and the first time this information was ever exposed to the public, two students claimed to have shot the horse. Though their admission of guilt does not line up with Lady's manner of death or with any evidence at the scene. This incident was later referred to as the Snippy Case. In 1975, U.S. Senator Floyd K. Haskell from Colorado contacted the FBI asking for assistance in regards to public concern toward 130 reported mutilations in Colorado alone and a skyrocketing account in countless other states. I'd like to cover a very important case during this period of time, in which an 11-month-old bull belonging to Manuel Gomez of Dulce, New Mexico, was found mutilated with his genitalia removed with a precise and sharp instrument, and with very strange findings to his internal organs. Manuel Gomez's family had owned a large ranch area in Dulce since the 1800s. After this first finding, they experienced the loss of 20 lactating beef cows. The liver and the heart were found to be white and mushy, and both of these organs had the texture of peanut butter. The bones, muscle samples, and heart were sent to the Los Alamos Science Lab, and samples of the liver were sent to a private lab. Los Alamos found a presence of Clostridium bacteria, with no conclusion as to how it got there, and the liver samples were completely devoid of copper. Testing also presented four times the level of phosphorus, potassium, and zinc. The blood samples were a light pink color and strangely did not clot after 48 hours. The height of this bull was unusually brittle with flesh strangely colored. Testing had suggested that there were possible bursts of radiation to this animal, causing the red blood cells to separate. Though later on this theory was discarded due to an inconsistency in radiation findings, and the lab testings were ultimately concluded with no explanation. In 
Manuel's son, Edmund Gomez, states that he believes government disinformation is behind the claims of extraterrestrial involvement in these mutilations, and that him and his family found physical evidence of classified military activities on his land, such as recording devices. Edmund also states that they actually witnessed a flying object, which he claims appeared to be and sounded like a helicopter with lights around the object to make it appear to be a UFO in the act of mutilation. In addition, they lost 19 two-year-old pregnant heifers that suddenly died without cause over a two-week period after an unidentified aircraft was seen hovering over their herd on April 8, 1982. He also ties this activity to government disinformation because they had a tribal land right next to them also carrying livestock, which was never touched. They also found tripod trackings with the appearance of suction cut marks about four inches in diameter, as well as a strange yellow oily substance, which was scheduled to be tested yet disappeared later on upon collection of the substance. Lead of New Mexico State Police Gabe Valdez whose mysterious experience dates back to cases that his own father experienced, and whom of which wrote his own book on this phenomenon, also explained that during the investigation, the state, especially the northern tier, became extremely quiet with few to no mutilations reported to officials, suggesting it possible that these mutilators, whoever or whatever they were, moved the operations to other parts of the West. And at that period of time, Western Canada was hit extremely hard with reported incidents. After increased public pressure, the feds launched an investigation in May of 1979, known as Operation Animal Mutilation. The Law Enforcement Assistance Administration granted this team $44,000 for research, and there were five objectives to abide by to determine the reliability of the information on which the grant was based, gathering as much information as possible about the cases reported in New Mexico prior to May 1979, to determine if livestock mutilations as described constitute a major law enforcement problem. If these mutilations do constitute a major law enforcement problem, to determine the scope of the issue and to offer recommendations on how to deal with it. If it is shown that the mutilation phenomenon is not a law enforcement problem, to recommend that no further law enforcement investigations be funded. So this operation was appointed to a man named Kenneth Rommel, a prominent FBI agent having specialized in counterintelligence and bank robbery cases. He had served in the army in World War II before becoming a special agent. And when he chose to leave the Bureau, he had even taken on the role as a paranormal investigator on the epic TV show X-Files. But there was a great deal of controversy surrounding his work and his 298-page conclusion, which is available for public consumption online at vault.fbi.gov. I'd like to include an excerpt from author Jack Hitt, who interviewed him for GQ magazine just to provide you guys with a neutral opinion on his profile. I have interviewed many FBI agents before, and Rommel is the classic model. He talks in a straight shooting clip, few jokes. A sign on his wall reads, what part of no don't you understand? 
He is very clean. He is strong and big, a six-footer. He is wearing jogging shorts and tennis shoes. He plans to run his daily three-mile course after he gets rid of me. He's 72 years old, and I feel safe in saying that he could probably kick your butt. You might not want to party with Ken Rommel, but if terrorists were holed up in a house with your mother as hostage, you would want him in the front yard with the bullhorn. The New Mexico State Patrolman Gabe Valdez, who had investigated dozens and dozens of mutilation cases, told a paranormal investigator by the name of Chris O'Brien that throughout the six to eight months that Rommel had conducted his work, that he was not hands-on because he was, quote, disgusted by necrotic cows, quote, and would prefer that others do the work for him. I found a report that Rommel had investigated the carcasses of 15 mutilations and let his assistants do the rest. A look at his report would imply that the investigation was well documented and draws on the expertise of many professionals including wildlife agencies, law enforcement agencies, chemists, geologists, paranormal investigators, vets, researchers, forensic experts, and county and state officials. Yet his work has been denounced by many independent mutilation experts. His analysis stated the following. The rough, jagged nature of the incisions, together with the evidence of the scene, clearly indicates that the carcass was damaged by predators and or scavengers. I have found no credible source who differs from this finding, nor has one piece of hard evidence been presented or uncovered that would cause me to alter this conclusion. Rommel argued that the organs taken from the animals were the types of soft tissue parts that carnivorous predators are known to prey on and that the surgical-like cuts were quite jagged up close. That in many cases, the blood of a deceased animal was settled in the lower region of the body, and that any blood would be quickly consumed by scavengers. But many people were unhappy with these conclusions, finding as there were still many unanswered questions, and it just didn't seem to add up with the state of the deceased victims as well as the lack of tracks or evidence of a predator in any direction. Those who detest these findings would argue that the most common chosen animals, horses, cattle, bulls, buffalo, and deer, are extremely large and can hold as much as 4 gallons of blood, at times weighing in excess of 1,000 pounds. When every trace of blood is gone and other bodily fluids have conspicuously vanished, this would actually require a lab setting and extremely high-tech equipment. Rommel has made the following claim, quote, The problem is, you've got ranchers who see something they've never seen before or just ignored. And then you have law enforcement officials getting carried away. You've got Sheriff Numbnuts up in some place where he can't even find his own police car saying, It looks like laser surgery. And the reporters love quotes like that, so they repeat it. Now, if I were a reporter, I would ask, Sheriff, how much do you know about laser surgery? Rommel also claimed, Quote, don't use terms such as surgical precision, which are conclusions. Stay with the facts. Let the lab experts make conclusions. Also, don't be misled by statements made by non-authoritative sources. It is my sincere hope that the conclusions reached in this report will help those engaged in the cattle industry and others to put behind them the rumors, theories, and fears that some highly organized criminal activity or extraterrestrial conspiracy is responsible for these mutilations. Quote, 
Longtime American journalist, UFO researcher, and Emmy Award-winning documentary filmmaker, Linda Howe, who is a firm believer that extraterrestrial activity is involved in these mutilations, stated the following, I ignore him. I believe he's being paid to cover up the real cause of the mutilations. Kenneth Rommel has since passed away, yet for the remainder of his life he was still engaged in this debate, which showed no signs of dissipating. These federal investigations were preceded and also followed to a certain extent by the ATF Federal Bureau of Investigation, carried out by law enforcement officials in New Mexico. ATF stands for the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Bureau. It was headed by Agent Donald Flickinger and Officer Gabe Valdez, who we discussed earlier, Cattle Inspector Jim Dyad, and Officer Howard Johnston of the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish. Their findings illustrated evidence that some of the livestock victims were tranquilized prior to death and indefinitely treated with an anticoagulant before the mutilation occurred, also having become more precise and professional over time. Now let's move a little bit closer to cases occurring in the 2000s. In May of 2001, 200 goats were mutilated in Pangang, Indonesia. On August 11, 2010, Mike and Glenda Schneider experienced mutilations to their horses in El Paso County of Rush, Colorado. Two of their ponies had been killed with their hearts, eyes, and tongue missing. No footprints, no tire tracks, though they were laid 300 feet apart facing opposite of one another. There were no blood pools with one pony, yet traces of blood with the other, and the incisions looked very surgical and had a burn-like smell as if they were cut with a laser. One of the ponies survived the attack with obvious wounds, and their dog as well with very peculiar marks. The dog was also discovered to have high electromagnetic field readings, though these readings were not present on the ponies. These ranchers heard a strange whooshing sound a couple days prior during the afternoon. In 2011 to 2013, a Missouri rancher named Lynn of Mitchell County, Missouri had multiple cows mysteriously mutilated with their tongues, ears, udders, and reproductive organs missing. On July 9, 2013, she'd found a cow deceased with a char mark outlining its body. On July 19, another with its heart exposed and with surgical-like cuts and no blood present. In the same month and year, July of 2013, Rancher Tom Miller of Colorado experienced the same, but he had steadily experienced these types of deaths since 1999, mutilated cows and calves, missing organs, eyes and ears devoid of blood. Quote, it's as if the carcass is peeled off and it happens overnight. There's just so many things that happen that doesn't seem like it's human. I know people think you're crazy, but there are so many things people can't explain. The more it happens, the more questions you get. And the more you learn, you find more and more things that make you ask more questions. Since 1999, seven cows and calves have been mutilated on Miller's Ranch. In the summer of 2019, five bulls were mutilated at the Sylvie's Valley Ranch in Oregon. It is estimated that each 2,000-pound bull was worth $6,000. The FBI has made no comment on if there is an investigation or not on this particular event. 
but the Sylvie's Valley Ranch offered a $25,000 reward for information on the topic. In most cases, mutilation was appeared to be clean and carried out surgically. You guys, these are just some of the cases reported. There are truly hundreds of thousands, and more that have gone unreported. Officials believe that only 1 in 10 of these mutilations are actually given to law enforcement. But upon diving into the black hole of the internet, I was overwhelmed by numbers, dates, how the cases occurred state to state, country to country, how it began so long ago and is still happening to this day, with the last having been reported in 2020, the heavy amounts reported in South America, Australia, Canada, all over the US, the diversity of the land affected, and the similar nature in which they've been conducted. I've covered only a small portion of those affected in this episode, and there are many, many books that cover this topic 